Uh, tonight, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to get started tonight. Heavenly Father, we bless you tonight. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be back in the house of God. Lord, I thank you for the men and women gathered here tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness in our life. Lord, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask for your anointing to be upon your word tonight. Lord, thank you, Father, for the drawing of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you're not done with us. Thank you, Lord, that we're not, we're not past repair. But, Lord, you desire to do a work in us to restore, redeem, and rebuild. And, Lord, we bless your holy name tonight. I pray, God, for that anointing to preach and to teach as you desire. And, Lord, we all ask for that anointing to hear and receive what the Spirit is speaking tonight. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said. Amen, amen. One of the things I want to talk to you about tonight is there's a trap for your soul. How many of you know there's a trap for you? You know the devil, he, he's a liar. He's a schemer, a plotter, and his desire is to bring you down, right? The Bible says that we have an adversary, right? The devil. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? devour that's what he wants to do is devour you the devil doesn't want you to get close to God doesn't want you to walk with God doesn't want you to get it filled with God he sure doesn't want you to to share the good news about God amen uh, but there's a trap for your soul one of the things I want to talk about tonight is there's a specific trap for you that I believe God wants to touch on tonight that trap is this sometimes we can settle for not being who we used to be Instead of being what God wants us to be. Sometimes we can settle for not being who we used to be instead of being who God wants us to be. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you, if you think about the case in point, somebody's a thief. Everybody knows stealing's wrong. Even in Islamic cultures or, you know, third world countries, they all know that stealing is wrong. It's even one of the Ten Commandments. Everybody knows stealing is wrong. Just because you don't steal anymore don't mean you're right with God. Come on, somebody. So you could say, oh, I'm not who I used to be. I don't run around. I don't, I don't jump in somebody's window and steal their, their stuff. I don't, you know, I don't lie on the IRS anymore. I don't do this and I don't do this. I'm not who I once was. I'm not a thief anymore. But my question for you is, are you who God wants you to be today? This is the reality is that sometimes we can fall into a trap of relying on and putting our confidence in the fact that we're no longer a thief. But I want you to know that God wants to make you new. The Word of God says that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, but all things are made new in Him. And so we're not supposed to stay in this middle, indifferent, quiet, cozy, fuzzy, wuzzy little place where we're harmless, where, where we're not bothering anybody, we're not impeding on anybody's good time, we're just here and, and that's it. God wants to do something in you to be a light in a dark world. And in order for you to do that, you can't rely on not, no longer being a thief. You can't rely on who you're not anymore, but you need to be who God wants you to be today. 
Because I want to tell you, God wants to put some godly women in homes to be godly mothers. God wants to put godly men in homes to be godly fathers. God wants to put some godly people in families to be the patriarch, the matriarch of those families, to get that family headed in the right direction. Because I'm here to tell you tonight that we need the light of God in this generation like never before. Your friends, your family, the people that you influence need God, and I'm telling you, they need to see God in you. I don't need to sit around and say, you know what, I thank God that he delivered me from being an alcoholic, but I don't hang my hat on the fact that I don't drink anymore. I hang my hat on the fact that God saved me and the Holy Ghost lives in me, and one day Jesus is coming to get me. I hang my hat on the fact that I've been changed, I've been purchased, and now I'm indwelt by the Spirit of God. My confidence rests not in who I used to be and I'm not what I once was, but my confidence rests in what God's done in me and how God has remade me, amen, and that God lives in me. And I want you to know here tonight that we're on Pentecost Sunday, it's the evening service, but God wants to do something in us so that we don't fall into this trap of relying on our confidence being that we're no longer as bad as we once were. This is a trap from the devil. Amen. I hope and pray that you're not as bad as you once were. But I'm telling you tonight, you can't stop there. Amen. Amen. I don't use the S word anymore. I don't use the D word anymore. Yeah, but God wants to take out that desire. God wants to take out that desire. God wants to change our heart. Amen. I don't have to worry about using that S word or that word or this word because what's coming out of me, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, you're out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I want to tell you tonight, those things don't come out when you've got what's what God wants in. Amen. When you've got the Holy Spirit in, you're not going to have that evil, corruptible stuff coming out. Well, I just let it slip. Well, you let something slip in then. Oh, Pastor, I'm sorry. I let it slip. Then quit letting stuff slip in. Amen. Stop listening to worldly music and watching worldly movies and listening to dirty jokes and telling dirty jokes. Stop hanging around the secular stuff. And you might might start talking right. You might start living right. Amen. You let bad stuff in. Bad stuff's going to come out. That's the way it is. You reap what you sow. Amen. 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 So here in the book of Hebrews, let me share this with you in verse number 27. Hallelujah. It says this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made. Those things which cannot be shaken may remain. In other words, God's going to do a shaking. How many of you know God's going to shake the world? Everything that's not of God's going to fall down. It's like whenever you sift things. Amen. Verse 28. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Let me tell you something tonight that you need to know about God is that God don't change, but God changes everyone. 
God never changes. He's eternal. His attributes are his attributes are what they are, and they will never diminish, and they will never change. But I want you to know you grow tired, you grow weary, you get bored, and you need to keep coming to God who never changes so that he can keep changing you. Where we go awry in the church world is when we hold on to the fact that we got close to the fire 15 years ago and we felt that warmth. But I want to tell you something. If you go out in the middle of the winter night, you can't rely on the warmth of a fire from last week. You can't rely on yesterday's fire today. You can't rely on last year's experience today. Today's a new day. We've got new battles. There's new devils and new demons and there's new situations. And every day the enemy is scheming after your soul. And you can't rely on the fact that 15 years ago you stuck your hand out and you got close to the fire and you felt the fire 15 years ago. But I want you to know there's a battle for your soul. This is serious business. And I'm glad of the fact that you got close to the fire 15 years ago. But you're in danger today if you're not allowing the fire of God to change you today. Our God's a consuming fire. One of the things that you see here is that that the, the enemy would want you to rely on yesterday's experience. But if you're not experiencing God in a new way today... You're growing indifferent to the power and presence of God. It's only a matter of time before your willpower goes out. You can't willpower yourself into the kingdom of God. It says right there, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Your willpower can't receive that. It's only the all-consuming power and presence of God that can get you into a place where you can receive the kingdom of God. You know, whenever Jesus preached, he would always say that. He said, repent for the kingdom. He did say repent. Jesus said that, right? So we can say it. Repent. He said, because the kingdom of God is at hand. That means the kingdom of God is right in front of your face. If you're not experiencing new power and presence of God, it's not God's fault. Because the, the, the kingdom of God is at hand right in front of you. I want you to know the King has come. The Holy Ghost has been shed abroad. Pentecost has already happened. The promise of the Father has fallen. And He will fall on whoever seeks His face. And if you're relying on a fire from 15 years ago, then you're in danger tonight. I believe that there's a trap for you because you're relying on the fact that you don't do what you once did. Instead of relying on the fact of being who God wants you to be today, you're not living in victory. If you're living in yesterday's fire, you're not living in victory today. Uh, God, wants you to, God wants you to know that he's, a, he's an ongoing, consuming fire, and he doesn't want you to put confidence in one-time act that you did. Amen. This is for each and every one of us. He doesn't want us to have that one-time prayer, that one-time dedication. God's not into that. Religion's into that. Oh, 20 years ago, I got baptized. Well, yeah, are you living for God today? See, whenever you get baptized, what you're doing is you're giving yourself to the Lord, and you're saying, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I identify with your death, and I identify with that new life. So if I got baptized 20 years ago, but I'm no longer living for God, guess what? Didn't do much for me, did it? God wants to see that new change in us today. 
Amen. He wants to see that new change in us today. If you had an experience with God in the past, if you had an experience with God in the past, the devil only wants you to think about that. But he doesn't want you to experience new fire today. If you had an experience with God in the past, the devil, he can't stop the fact about what you did yesterday. But what he can do is get you to put your confidence in what you did yesterday and not experience new fire today. This is the trap that I'm talking about tonight. Our God is a consuming fire. It says in here, notice this, that it, it produces something. It says in verse number 28, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and fear. It says for our God or because our God is a consuming fire. Here's the reality is God's not pleased with the sacrifice that doesn't come from this acceptable reverence and godly fear. See, if I'm relying on yesterday's performance, if I'm relying on the fact that I got close to the fire 15 years ago, what I'm doing is I'm not bringing God reverence. I'm not bringing something acceptable to him. I'm not bringing something that produces godly fear. Now, I want to talk about that word godliness for a little bit tonight. We're going to dig down in this, this concept of being godly tonight. But in a nutshell, what it means is it's the, the effect produced by a heart that fears God and loves God. Godliness is produced whenever you truly love God and fear God at the same time. That's what comes out of you. And those of us that are not at that altar, those of us that are not crying out to God to be changed, those of us that are relying on a past experience and saying, you know what, I'm all right. I, I'm not a thief anymore. I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not Hitler. I, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not that terrible. I'm, what you're doing is you're relying on the fact that you're not as bad as others. And that is such a trap that the devil wants you to stay in. And I'm telling you, if you're not at altars, I always, it always worries me when people don't go to altars. And you might be like, well, I didn't go to altar today. I'm just talking about routinely. It always worries me. It's a warning sign to pastors whenever people don't go to altars because altars is where I get sermons at. I, I never get a sermon unless I'm at an altar somewhere. Amen? Every sermon I get, I don't get from a Rolodex. I don't get from a book at Lifeway. I don't get it off the internet. I get it on my knees at an altar from the Lord. And that's where the Lord does a work in me. And I can't give you what God doesn't give me. And I'm telling you what God wants to do in you, he'll do it at an altar. And if God's not doing something in you, come on somebody, you need that altar. You need that help from God. Because what the church doesn't need is your ideas. What the church doesn't need is your plans, your schemes, your opinions. What the church needs is Jesus. We need Jesus to be the Lord of this church. We need Jesus to be the Lord of your life. We need Jesus to be the Lord of this nation again. And it's going to start with you and me getting on our knees and seeking the face of God. Stop holding back on God and give your heart to him again. Our God is a consuming fire. It's an ongoing fire. Just because you gave your heart to God 15 years ago, you could not have given your heart to him today. I want to know today, does your heart belong to Jesus? Amen. That's why we have altars. That's why we have altars. And don't let the devil confuse you tonight. I'm not saying you need to get saved every week. Oh, Pastor, you, 
I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need to rend your heart before God every week, every day. We have to give our heart before God. We have to be broken before God. When was the last time we cried? When was the last time we got on our face and and, and got on our knees and truly sought after God? Because I'm telling you, God is a consuming fire, and he's not pleased He's not pleased whenever we don't bring him the reality of what's going on in our heart. He's a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. Oh, church, I hope that you get what the Lord's given out tonight. I hope that you get what the Lord's given out tonight because it's, it's that, that it, what is acceptable to God? What's acceptable to God? You know what? Your church... Your church may be this, your church may be that, you may have ideas, I may have ideas, but I want to I bring you back to that verse right there and ask you, what is acceptable to God? What's acceptable to God? Because I want to tell you what I think is acceptable to God. A broken and a contrite spirit. I want to tell you what I think is acceptable to God is whenever we allow the Spirit of God to break us down. And humble us and get us to a place to where we need Him. This word that we see right here says, it says, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. I want to ask you that. Do you serve God acceptably? Does God accept your service? Don't rely on the, don't be like, well, I hope, I hope that the Lord accepts my pastor's service. I hope the Lord accepts my Sunday school teacher service. Does God accept your service? Does God accept your service? What are you bringing him? What are you bringing him? What are you bringing God? Is he accepting your service? Well, I guess I need to, I guess I need to clap my hands harder in worship. That's not what I'm talking about. Guess I need to sing louder. That's not what I'm talking about. Guess I need to sign up to go serve in more ministries tonight. No, that's not what I'm, I'm talking about. We, uh, we don't have a volunteer list out there in the foyer. I'm talking about your heart before your king. I'm talking about your heart before your king is what you're bringing to God acceptable. You see, God's a consuming fire, and there's only one sacrifice that he desires, and that's all of you. All of you. There's one sacrifice he desires out of you. That's all of you. See, Jesus went to that cross and he paid the price for you. Amen. Paul, uh, Brother Kill preached on that this morning in Galatians chapter 2. Paul said this. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Not part of me is crucified with Christ. Not last week is crucified with Christ. Not 10 years is crucified with Christ. He said, I am currently, presently, right now, today, in this moment, right now, I am crucified with Christ. That's the sacrifice God desires from his church. God won't pour out his Holy Spirit until the church gets crucified. The Holy Ghost didn't come until Jesus hung on that cross and died and he bled out and then he rose on the third day and then the Holy Ghost came. And see, we want the power. We want to see all the pretty things, but there first has to be that crucified life. 
Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ in me. See, it is, it is the life of God in us. God's not going to compete for your life. God's not going to be the, the co-pilot. He's not going to be the co-runner. He's not going to be uh, the, 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 he's not going to partner with you in this thing. We have to be crucified in this thing and then Jesus live in us. And you see, that's what God wants in the church again. Amen. That's what God wants to see in the church again. So, do we serve God acceptably with reverence and fear for our God is a consuming fire? One of the things that we see is that relying on, listen to this, relying on past fire. I want you to hear this. Relying on past fire produces self-reliance. If you're relying on past fire, you're a self-reliant person. You see, you've got this. You've got religion down. You know how to shake your head. You know how to clap your hands. You know how to go here, go there. You know if I miss church too many times, pastor's going to call. If I, if I go, if he finds out I watch certain movie, he's going to talk, start talking about movies again. If, I, if he finds out I'm listening to that kind of music, he's going What you're doing is you're relying on past fire. And it, what it produces is self-reliance. I don't want to tell you tonight, God's not pleased when the church is self-reliant. God's not pleased when the church is self-reliant. God's not pleased when I'm self-reliant. If I'm not broken and contrite before God, if I'm not humble before God, if I'm not broken at an altar before God, I'm self-reliant. If I'm not praying, I'm self-reliant. If I'm not studying the Word of God, I'm self-reliant. And what we need in the church world today is people that are relying on the power of the Holy Ghost and no longer relying on the power of self. The reason our country's in the condition it is is because we've become self-reliant. The church world today is producing so many people we have mega churches today but we have less influence over culture than we've ever had i want you to think about that we've got the biggest churches we've ever had in the history of america we have a church in houston that has thirty thousand people in it there's so many mega churches in our country today but we have less influence over culture because we're self-reliant and we won't get broken before God and seek His face and become Holy Ghost reliance. We've learned how to shake our head, yes. We've learned how to attend the right days. We've learned what not to do and what to do so that we can just kind of skirt under the radar of everybody's attention. And what we've done is we've created a vacuum of Holy Ghost power in a nation. There's a vacuum of Holy Ghost power. Brother Ravenel said it like this. We got assemblies of God. You got the Pentecostals of God. You've got the church of God. You've got all these people that claim to be Holy Ghost filled. You've got all these people that claim to have the power of the Holy Ghost. And yet the nation is, is more ungodly today than it ever has been. How is it that we can say we've got millions of Holy Ghost-filled people in America when 120 Holy Ghost-filled people turned Rome upside down? 
I'm telling you, if we'll get a hold of the message of God and let the Lord of glory do what he wants to do in us, we'll start turning Shreveport and Bossier City upside down and inside out. We'll see God do a work in our generation like never before. God is up to something. I'm telling you, right now, we have a problem because there's a vacuum of Holy Ghost power in the land. How is, ask yourself that, ask yourself, how is it that there's mega church after mega church after mega church after mega church after mega church, and yet Christianity has the least amount of influence on society than ever before? You might say, well, that's debatable. Yeah, when was the last, in the last 300 years of America, when were we parading around the streets of, of LGBT pride parades where people are dressing in their basically underwear and gyrating in the street when was the last time we had that because the church has lost its influence all we want is people to attend give money buy our coffee buy our shirts buy our cds buy our merch we got new merch dropping next week And the nation's going to hell. We've got Republicans pointing fingers at Democrats and Democrats pointing fingers at Republicans. And the whole time the devil's laughing because the real enemy is Satan. And until the church turns back to God, he's going to continue blinding people. That preacher preached on it today. The enemy's done a really good job at, at, at getting us to blame others because that's, that's, that's human nature. Ask any child why they didn't clean their room. Oh, Mickey Mouse, they, you know, somebody left this. And so, everybody wants to blame somebody else for why they're not doing what they should be doing. Amen. It's time for the church to get back right with God. And I believe it starts with this word godliness. I want to touch on this tonight. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And as we start the message tonight, one of the things I wanted to tell you about was this trap that the enemy has. But God's going to bust us out of this trap tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse number 6. It says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now, I want to stop right there for just a second. Exercising yourself unto godliness. Let me just give you a definition for what it means to be for godliness. And, and I touched on it earlier, but it's the work that God does in you when you love him and fear him. That's what he's talking about. Godliness is the effect or what's produced in you when you love God and fear God. Now, if you love self, you're not going to exercise yourself to godliness. You're going to have self-righteous works to kind of keep the religious mantra up. But when you truly love God, you'll want what God wants. When you truly fear God, you'll go where God wants you to go and do what God wants you to do and not do what God don't want you to do. But when we truly love God and fear God, what's produced in you is godliness. And see, godliness is something that only the Holy Ghost can produce in you. 
Godliness is something. It comes from a living relationship with God. Godliness comes from an ongoing participation with you desiring God. Godliness comes from an ongoing living participation with you wanting God in your life. It's an ongoing thing. This is what godliness is. And the reason why many people stumble over this issue right here is because they don't have an ongoing desire for God. They don't have an ongoing desire for God. They have an ongoing desire for comfort. They have an ongoing desire to be complacent. They have an ongoing, they've gotten lukewarm, they've gotten complacent, and they've gotten comfortable, and they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to get out into the deep water again. But I want to tell you, God's not lukewarm. God's not strange fire. God's not old fire. God is consuming fire. That means God's an ongoing today, right now fire. And what's acceptable to God is when we realize that and we give ourselves to him afresh. So God's desire is not that we, uh, he said he wants us to refuse profane and old wives fables and exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. Now listen to the, this verse, verse number eight. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is. And of that which is to come. See, bodily exercise, the word of God here in bodily exercise, you know, a lot of times people have looked at this and they say, see, God wants you to exercise a little bit. He's okay if you go work out, go, you know, get a a membership at the gym. That's really not what this verse is talking about. I was reading a commentary from uh, Albert Barnes on this verse and I was just kind of checking through it. And one of the things that kind of startled me as I was reading that because the Holy Ghost had me on this. One of the things that kind of startled me is this has nothing to do with body exercise. It has nothing to do with lifting weights, jumping jacks. It's not about doing lunges and and, and all that kind of thing. The body exercise that the Spirit of God's talking about right here is whenever you try to do something in your own strength. It's like everybody knows that a thief shouldn't be a thief. And I want to tell you something you shouldn't steal. But God wants to do more than to make you not steal. This is the heart of the message I want you to get tonight. Body exercise means, for instance, if you grow up in a home where there's a lot of domestic violence, right? You might see the, the old, you know, where the, the woman gets mad at the, the husband and has the frying pan and is going to hit him across the head. Maybe she hits him across the head, knocks him out, and we got to, you know, go through all that kind of stuff. Here's the problem. The first thing we want to do is say, all right, we're going to take away all the frying pans. If you come home, I'm going to take all the frying pans out of the house. You won't have to worry about me hitting you with a frying pan anymore. If I ever get mad and I go to grab that frying pan, it won't be here anymore. It'll be completely gone. That's not going to happen. That's a good thing. How many of you know for that husband, that'd be a good thing to not get hit with a frying pan? That, that profits a little bit for the husband to not get hit in the head with the frying pan. It profits him a little bit. But what God's talking about is taking away that desire. God's talking about taking away that desire. See, a, a thief, you can cut off a thief's hand and you can profit a little bit because there's not going to be any more stealing in town. But what God does is he changes the heart. God changes the life. 
Self-reliant people rely on take away the frying pan, cut off the hand. The self-reliant people rely on using their own intellect and their own wisdom to try to solve a problem to make things not as complicated and not as bad. But what God does is he takes out that evil heart. He takes out that thorny heart. He takes out that stony heart. He takes out that depraved heart. He takes out that nature that is human and he takes it out and he gives you a nature that is what? Spirit-filled. Jesus said, you have to be born again. You have to be born a second time. There has to be a new birth in you. There has to be a new life force in you. There has to be something alive in you that didn't used to be alive in you. Have you been twice born? You have two lives right now. Are you still relying on the old life? Are you still relying on your own strength? Are you self-reliant today? Or have you come to the consuming fire and been truly born again and living today off of that new life? Well, tonight one of the things that God wants to do is get you out of the trap of relying on your old nature. God wants to get you out of the trap of relying on your old nature. How many of you in here have, have struggled with something since you've gotten saved? You don't have to show your hands, but we all have. There's things that we struggle with. How we deal with that is what God's after. Because the trap is dealing with it in your own strength. The trap is dealing with it in your own strength. That's, that's whenever you take the frying pan out of the house. Or that's when you cut the thief's hand off. Well, I'll show you. I'll go hide all the frying pans. Then I won't have to worry about it anymore. Well, the best thing is get them to an altar. Get them right with God. Then God will take out that angry spirit. God will take out that pride. God will take out that bitterness. God will take out that unforgiveness. God will take out that meanness. I mean, you know, some people are just mean. Some people are just mean. They want you to fall. They want you to fail so they can bop you over the head with a frying pan. God will take that meanness out. God's good. He'll take out that meanness. God doesn't want you to be a mean person. God wants you to be, God wants you to be moved by newness of life. And tonight, one of the things that I want to share with you is that God doesn't want you to rely on, God doesn't want you to rely on a new push to be a better you. God doesn't want you to rely on a new push to be a better you. God wants you to die to self. God wants you to die to self so that you can be his creature, his creature. One of the things that we need in the church world, one of the things that we need in our lives tonight is a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. God's a consuming fire. You know, we mess up in the church world whenever we rely on our own strength. And any person in this church tonight, if you're, if you're not routinely at an altar, if you're not routinely broken before God, there's a problem. I, I, you know what? I love you. And I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to get you to come to an altar tonight. You know, that's between you and God. But I love you enough to tell you this. I've seen the warning signs before. I've seen the warning signs before. And when you're too prideful to get broken at an altar before God, there's a problem in paradise. There's a problem. God loves you so much, but he's a consuming fire. And he will burn away pride. He will burn away resentment. He will burn away bitterness. He will burn away unforgiveness. He will burn away meanness. He will burn away drunkenness. 
He will burn away pornography. He will burn away pride. He'll burn all of that away. But you've got to come to him. He's a consuming fire. Bring him an acceptable sacrifice tonight. Bring him an acceptable sacrifice in the morning. If you see tomorrow, bring him an acceptable sacrifice. He wants all of you. He doesn't want you to hold anything back. God's not interested in my self-reliance. God's not interested in me pulling myself up by my bootstraps. That's a lie from the devil. What God wants from me is complete and total brokenness and reliance on him. God's looking for people that will be broken before him. And I'm telling you, if you're too prideful to be broken before God, there is a huge problem. Don't be so staunch that the Holy Spirit can't move in your life. Amen? Some of us are too starchy for the Holy Ghost. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you know one of the things that God wants to do in your life is he wants to soften your heart. He wants to soften your heart. God loves you. God loves you so much. He does not want you to be hard. He does not want you to be bitter. He doesn't want you to he doesn't want you to be unforgiving. He doesn't want you to live without him. God's desire is to live in you. That's his true desire is to live in you. How good is our God? That the God that created the universe, the God that created you, the God who is holy, holy, holy. One of his great desires is to live in you. But if you're not broken before God, he's not going to. He's a consuming fire. He'll consume away all that stuff. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to force you. That's, you know, that's one of the things about the Holy Spirit when we, when we see the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit. If God wanted to, he could send in a frog through that front door, and that frog could talk and speak in tongues and prophesy and sing and worship and clap and dance before the Lord. God could make a frog do anything. But what he's looking for is willing vessels that'll open their mouths and let the Holy Ghost speak. That will give God their feet and their hands and let the Holy Ghost dance. What God's looking for is willing vessels that will open their hearts and let the Spirit of God prophesy. What God's looking for is humble people that are willing to let the Holy Ghost use them. He can make a frog do anything. He could surely make a donkey do anything. He could surely make us do anything. But what he's looking for is willingness. And I'm telling you, God's a consuming fire. He could make you do anything, but what he does is he invites you. He invites you to be broken before him so that he can be your everything. He can do anything, but what he does is he invites you to be broken before him so that he can be your everything. Tonight, I want to share with you something that God's desire is not that you rely on a better, a greater push to be a better person, but God's God's desire is that you would come before him to be a new person. Come before him to be a new person. Let me close this message out in, in 2 Corinthians. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me share with you this over here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I'm going to read verses 15, 16, and 17 tonight. Let's start with verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, 
Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And, the, and what, theologically, what that's saying is you were all dead in your sins and trespasses. Jesus died for all of us because we were all dead before God. Verse number 15, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. God's desire is not to give you new life so that you can live for yourself, but he give you new life so that you can live a life unto him. That's his desire. In verse number 16, Where, wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, Yet now henceforth know we him no more. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I want to ask you, do you have new life tonight? Are you relying on old things tonight? Are you relying on old things tonight? Are you relying on old experiences? Are you relying on last year's testimony? Are you relying on a testimony of going to an altar 20 years ago? Are you relying on a testimony of going to an altar 17 years ago, 15 years ago, four hours ago? Or are you new right now? I want to tell you tonight, God wants to make you new. Amen. I thank God. He, I thank God that he saved me when he saved me. But I want to tell you here right now that there's a lot of times I get rusty. There's a lot of times I get prideful. There's a lot of time that old flesh tries to creep back up and I need God to do something new in me. I need a fresh infilling. I need a fresh baptism. I need a fresh move of God in my life. My God's a consuming fire. And when I come to him, he makes all things new. Tonight, I want to tell you, God's not going to be acceptable of anything we do if we're relying on old things. It's what we give God right now that is acceptable in his sight. Amen. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Today's the day that is acceptable before God. Let's give God our hearts today and see God do something in us and make us new. Amen. 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 Father, we bless you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to hear your word. Lord, we thank you that you make all things new. Lord, we bless your holy name.